I was like, I want to get that shitty, like, high school, you know, dramatic, like, fiction. But what I was remembering is, like, being from high school was actually from college. So I just was, like, imagining it more, like, juvenile. Um, And it is very juvenile, but I think I was just, like aging myself down to make myself uh, like, feel certainly better. Certainly I was younger when certainly I wrote I was 14 <laughs> when I wrote that, not 19. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> it's funny how much of a difference there is between those, like, two ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only five years, true. but it feels like a lot. A lot happens. Yeah, it does. Okay. Stephanie. And I'm Bryn. And we're two writers who have a lot of questions. So to answer those questions, each episode we're inviting a fellow writer to talk about their work. And other stuff. Welcome to Shitty First Drafts. (laughs) Today we're here at AWP 2020. We are. Or AWpocalypse, as people are saying. (laughs) Chaos AWP. Yeah. This feels fun. It feels like we're like like uh, gonzo journalist or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. We're live on site. We're on site. We're in the book fair. We are. Um, here yeah, with the lovely up. Jane Wong. Yeah. It's like the buzzing, the sounds of pedo, people like pitter-pattering about. Yeah, people of all are the writers cleaning up. in America <laughs> right. who braved coming to San Antonio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's been a lovely time. Yeah. This, the weather's actually been really nice. I don't know if that interests our listeners, but the weather's been really nice <laughs> San Antonio this weekend. Um, how's your AWP been so far? It's been pretty relaxing, to be honest. I feel like <laughs> I sleep in until, like, noon. Oh, you my know? gosh. It's just, I'm very... Yeah, that's great. You know, I'm not rushed. Everything feels doable. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of been, you know, my experience so far. The sun is powerful. Feel like yeah. living in the Pacific Northwest, my eyes are on fire. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, I, I like that in a good way. In a good way. I've worn sunglasses. It's yeah. very exciting. So that's how it's been. Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been kind of low key. Very this low key. Year. Yeah. Very nice. manageable. I feel like yeah, that's and how I've been feeling. It's been incredibly rainy for like raining just for two weeks in Knoxville. So uh, we were just really excited that it was not, not raining and was dry, and we could yeah. walk places. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. But it's been here. a good, a good it's time. Been good. It's the end. But you're it's... wearing your your cherry earrings. Yes, I'm wearing bright cherry earrings. They're I feel lovely. like last time I saw you, you were wearing these earrings. Yeah, too. The, at a reading. Farm reading, I think. Oh, I was oh at the farm yes, reading and at the UT reading, I think. Yes, probably. They're your lucky. <laughs> They're your lucky Yeah, I just had a, a panel with um, Diana Coywin, and she actually had cherry earrings on too. Oh, really? Today, we did not plan that. We did not plan that at all. So, you know. I love it. Need a little cherry. Fashion. Yeah. yeah. A little food. Food, food fashion. Food fashion. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's cute. Fruit has, cu- has made a comeback. Truly. Yeah. 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 As, as accessory. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. I've, I've seen a lot of fruit earrings. Right? Fruit, I don't have fruit any. Fruit printed pants. Mm-hmm. I have a, mm-hmm. I have a mm-hmm. fruit skirt. There you go. Yeah, she does. <laughs> it's great. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. You I, I can't confirm. clothing? I don't know. It seems I like should. it no, seems I feel like, like I regionally appropriate. Banana too. shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For comedy. I know stuff. <laughs> I have lemon pants. Yeah. 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 Well, let's jump in. Jane Wong's poems can be found in places such as Best American Non-Required Reading 2019, American Poetry Review, Poetry, and others. 
a Kundiman Fellow and Pushcart Prize recipient. She is the author of Overpour from Action Books 2016 and How to Not Be Afraid of Everything, Alice James forthcoming. She is an assistant professor of creative writing at Western Washington University. Welcome. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> now you're officially Thanks, on the Stephanie, podcast. I'm here. You're here. <laughs> officially, yeah. Officially. Now you're officially on the, Yeah, we've, you're one of the people we've been talking about forever. We're like, we have to get Jane on. We have to get Jane on. And, yeah. we and it's so funny because you've been to our yeah. city twice. <laughs> yes, twice. And like, in the last six months, probably, or so a year. So here we are in Texas. And yeah, and here we are in Texas. That's the timing of it didn't work <laughs> out the last really couple funny. times. But. So we're glad out. to finally meet, meet up with you and get to talk to you about your work. Um. So you were, were on a little bit of a truncated time period, so I'm just going to really get started. Go in. Go, go in. in. Go no it. No uh, chit-chat ch- ch- here. We're not going to dilly-dally. No dilly-dally. I love that phrase. Um, <laughs> yeah, where did that come dilly from, I wonder? Dally. Dilly-dally. Dally-dilly. Sounds almost like medieval or something. Yeah. Mm. Or like it, it like morphed. It was like some other words and then it morphed mm. into new words. Anyway. I can imagine like a jester dilly-dallying. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. medieval person. Yeah, a medieval <laughs> person. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. A Shakespearean person? Oh, oh maybe it was um, a Shakespeare phrase. History, 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 history is not words. my strong suit. Speaking of not dilly-dallying. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we, got, feels, we go off on so many You know, tangents. that feels on par with things yeah with all, all the things um so when you send us your email earlier today was it yep. um you're talking about your process for drafting right yeah. so can you tell us a little bit more about that how that works yeah so um I oftentimes grab a bunch of lines from you know my day and they're oftentimes in the notebook and um, I didn't say this in the email but what I usually do is I take those lines like 10 of those random lines from my journal and I put them on a page and I kind of just start writing around mm-hmm. them until mm-hmm. a poem forms. And oftentimes what happens is like six of those lines disappear. But that's how I begin. But a huge part of my drafting process or thinking about shitty first drafts um, is that I have this like super long email thread that actually is a multitude of threads because mm-hmm. apparently, you know, Gmail kicks you, it just kicks you off after like a hundred or, or it gets really slow. It's like we're done with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. yeah. Because you always have the, the poems prior attached to it. You know, right. yeah. like, so it's so slow, but um, it's called cut and paste. And I mostly do it with uh, two other poets um, who are also Kundiman poets, uh, Michelle Penulosa and Eddie Kim. And Michelle's in uh, California, and Eddie at the time um, was in Korea um, when we kind of started it in full swing. Um, And so it's been going on for quite a few years, and I had this idea of sharing work with people, but I always felt exhausted by having the expectation to give feedback yeah. or revision help or something uh-huh. like that. When sometimes you just want to know someone is reading and mm-hmm. that you have an audience and that you are the audience too and that you're reading and you're being, you know... Like um, someone yeah, is, yeah accountable. Yeah. yeah, it's out almost there. like you're like the keeper of the poems yeah. or something, yes, of other exactly. people's poems. I love it, like the, the Hobbit. Yeah. Know, <laughs> just like huddled with these poems. Yeah. And, so we've been doing this thing. It's called cut and paste because all you do is cut and paste whatever you've written into the email. You're not supposed to add anything else, no disclaimer, no whatever. Yeah. And it's never, you know, there's never a pressure for it to be a full poem. So it can be a fragment. And sometimes it's full poems, sometimes it's revisions. And um, the rule is that we're not supposed to really add anything or to like discuss. 
exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we break this rule often when <laughs> you're just like, oh, damn, that was so good. Or, you know, like, oh, wait a second. I remember that poem, like, in a different form, like, yeah. three months ago. And so we break this rule. It's really interesting to see when we decide to just break the, the mm-hmm. rule because sometimes uh, we know the rule, but we often break yeah. it. So that's cut That's cut and paste, and it's been going on for a long time, and it feels so good to just feel the kind of weight off your shoulders in terms of just kind of like what that yeah. first draft mm-hmm. looks like. Also, the coolest thing is that during readings, when I've seen um, both of these poets read, they're always like, um, this is a brand new poem. You know, I haven't read it before. No one's seen it. And I'm always like, I have. <laughs> I was like. You get to be all. Yeah. I was like, you're wrong, bitches. Like, I've definitely seen it. And I loved it. And yeah. haha, I feel lucky. And so yeah. that's kind of cut and paste. And so that's a big part of my life. And are you doing it like once a day that you're sending the poem? Or is it just whenever well, you have it something? Is whenever. But as you know, with accountability, if somebody's <laughs> been on cut, paste, cut yeah. and paste for like five times and no one else has been putting anything in there you oh, feel, yeah. a little pressure. feel a little bit oh so pressure. you don't go like you don't take turns it's no, just like whenever just you have whenever, something whenever you have something and so um it really goes to show like you're like okay i can at least write like a couplet or something yeah. and so and also so it's I kind was, of generative too it's then. generative also we're inspired by each other i think yeah. because of that process of like how immediate it is but um, as I was saying to you in my email, I also found some poems I forgot I wrote. Like, completely forgot yeah. I wrote. And so I was like, wait a second. And I was like, you know, people ask, you know, like, oh, can you submit some of your work? And I'm like, I don't have any poems. But I was looking back and cut and paste. I was like, I have a ton of poems I forgot. <laughs> just yeah. never made it into something else. Right. And it just sits in cut and paste as this kind of marker of, like, that's where you were at that time. It's also time stamped. And I yeah. think that's interesting. Yeah, cause, for sure. Because, as you know... You're sending that email on that day, and you're like, "Oh, right, that day." There's a time this capsule. This was happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I love cut and paste. It's really fantastic, and I'm so grateful for um, Michelle Penalosa and Eddie Kim too to be a part of it. Yeah. We've had other people a part of it too, but the we cons- are the consistent ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I kind of want to do that now. I yeah. yeah. Steal it's it. Great. We're like, <laughs> yeah, that's a totally, great idea. You Amazing. Totally steal cut and paste. It yeah. feels good, especially good when you have such trusted readers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like poem a day or like verse daily in your pocket, uh-huh. except with your friends, and so it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, and you can always like talk to them about it later or something. Like, what if you don't comment in the email? Yeah. But you comment true. in person. You just in text person them. Or, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. loophole. Yeah. But I feel like there's a thing also with sharing your work, even if you know like maybe they won't give you feedback but as I know for me as soon as I share anything with a friend or you know colleague um, even if it's like a link to my website or something right. I've written I immediately go and read it again through their like I yeah, imagine I'm them reading it oh, I love that. or like I'll go look at my website like okay now I'm this person looking at my website and I'll see mm-hmm. things a little, in a little bit of a different light yes and so maybe reading it through other people's eyes is a form of like seeing your poem in a different way almost revision yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. like a like a in your mind revision oh no, absolutely I, I mean oftentimes when i hit that send button i have to reread it again because i'm the type right. i'm that type of person who rereads every email <laughs> yeah. that after you you've already and i'm always like too late like, yeah and then i always have to try to correct it if i did something yeah but that's what happens is i hit mm-hmm. the send and i reread it again i'm like oh yeah no that line has to go or, or something yeah. like that like it suddenly becomes so clear it becomes yeah, yeah. it becomes it's real because really it went into the ether and it, it and somebody touched else two people yeah, yeah so yeah no, that makes a lot it's of funny. sense. It's sort of like when a poem, for me, when a poem goes live after I've heard that it's published, I then go look at it and I'm like, 
I never would because I, right. I, as like a person who works for a press, I know how, or like a magazines, I've, I know how frustrating that can be, but mm-hmm. you have to let it go. You just have to let, let it, go. it go. Make peace with it. Yeah. Anyway, but I definitely have rewritten a couple of poems that have been published. I've been like, I'm just going to like edit some of this out. So like when, if I bring it to a reading, you know, I feel more confident. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. New yeah. version. Yes. That's fascinating. So, so is it anything that you're writing you send to them? Anything. Uh, it's been harder to send nonfiction since I've been working mm-hmm. on nonfiction. So sometimes I'll send snippets. Um, yeah, I think that it's funny too because when I'm a writing residency, there'll be a flood and I feel embarrassed because <laughs> I'm just like, look at me selfishly like yeah. taking over cut and paste. But it's anything really. I mean, I wish I had like an actual date as to when it began. I was trying to look through Gmail and it was it was it was hard to find. Um, I've done this also with other um, friends in a different iteration. Yeah. Um, my friend Hannah Sanghee Park, we did this, but it was also like letters to each other. So it was oh, okay. intermingled with mm-hmm. just stuff we were saying to each other. This is when she lived in Seoul, mm. um, in South Korea. And there's something also about the fact that we are far apart that, yeah, right. you know, sharing our work and not just like, you know, regular catch up, friend catch up was like, very intimate yeah. and special because yeah. we were so used to being together in Seattle and sharing our work this way. So it felt really cool that we could do that. But like transcontinentally, yeah, totally, totally. Um, but it's also interesting to see what hasn't changed. And I feel kind of like there's a drafting process that happens even before you hit or go to cut and paste. Sure. There's just so much. I think for me, weird things, and it tur- you know turns out that it isn't weird. Like a lot of people do you know, these acts of um, faux finality. Mm-hmm. So, like, my friend Chen Chen was saying um, how he um, puts his poems in, like, fancy font. Like, it looks like it's going to be in a journal. <laughs> yeah. And then PDFs it, and then that helps him see what needs to be changed. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea someone else did that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I do that, too. I, I PDF, and then I have to go back to the Word doc and change it. And I PDF again, and I change it again. And so there's something about it yeah. looking clean that I'm like, oh, there, there's mm. the things that need to be changed. I used to do that with papers in graduate school because it, it's just too much for me when I write something that's, like, 10 or 20 pages, like, scrolling yeah. and yeah. trying to edit that way. So if I just, like, print it all out. And I was so used to marking up fiction in grad school, like, printed copies. Uh, Copies that I was like, mm. this is just feels normal to print this out and then mark it up and draw arrows and circles and right. And well, I was gonna around. say that um, in the PDF version, that's really smart because you can't edit you it. You can't. That's so like why, that's yeah. part of why what forces you to be like, oh, because yep. I think my problem is is that I'll go in line by line and then miss things because I'm not looking globally mm-hmm. in a way that like a PDF would force you to. So right. that's actually really smart and yeah. I'm it's a gonna steal it. Yeah, try it <laughs> We're just here for your hot tips on revisions. Our friends teach us how to be better That's also, I mean, props to Chen Chen on that too. Um, I just I just didn't even know that other people had yeah. these little ticks and tricks too. Yeah. So I felt kind of like, oh yeah, I do that too. Weirdly, you know. So yeah. I definitely don't. Tr- I definitely don't. I write. I'll write in some other font, and I won't put it in Garamond mm. until oh, much end. later in the process. Because if I write, <laughs> if I just write in Garamond, it just looks nice. Uh-huh. And I know that I'm like, I get a little more precious with it or something. Yeah, so I yeah, like, yeah. try to write in like 
Calibri or something dumb. <laughs> so that then when it goes into Garamond, it's like a little bit more of a finished. Yeah, Garamond comes up a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Know? I am not a Garamond person. Yeah. I am it's very like particular. The font of Gaudi, Gaudi old style. Ooh. Okay, yeah, yeah, Check yeah. Out it's that a little round. It's a little more round, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. The O's, the circles are a little more round. Garamond, I, I like it, unless you're <laughs> Sorry doing for knowing um, italics. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garamond mm-hmm. italics are a trash. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually started now putting it in Times New Roman, which is, like, a little bit old school. Mm-hmm. But, but those like italics are nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah just look nice italics, yeah. Anyway, before we go too much further into the font yes. uh, conversation, let's read one of your poems. Yeah, sure. Which one did we decide? I was feeling like um, I wanted to hear... The spider poem. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I was imagining, well, you said, you you posted in the email what you typed. Yes. <laughs> to your cut and paste. Yes. And I liked that, um, because then with the one later, you also posted what you'd put in the, in the cut and paste or the, um, yeah. for the newer one. So I liked that kind of mirroring. Yeah, it's funny. I, I broke my own rule. I wasn't really supposed to say that, but I was so angry because this <laughs> spider freaking bit my face and like right by my like mouth. And oh. so it's like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Something literally got that close to me. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. And it was spider season in Bellingham, but it was the first time I uh, was living in Bellingham, which is uh, about a couple hours from Seattle. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like yeah, the first I've season, heard of it, and I'm that's horrified. terrifying. <laughs> when it's starting to get cold, you know. Oh, because they all come in? Is that why? I think so. Or do they breathe? breathe? I don't, oh, I don't, I don't really know. They're no. looking for places to live. Gives me yeah. the heebie-jeebies. On your face. On your face. On your face. I mean, granted, maybe they were there first, and I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, just moved space. in, and they're like, what the hell, and going to bite me. So. So. But yeah, so I, I had to tell, I had to write this little like quote in cut and paste, and I basically wrote um, to Michelle and Eddie, um, inspired by the spider that fucking bit my face. <laughs> like I had to write that because I was like, don't you're so don't full mistake, of rage. Yeah, yeah, don't mistake this. It's not like a like a poem that came out of in my imagination. Like it's I like, actually it's so not a metaphorical no. spider. No, <laughs> I need you to understand Stand. my pain. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I was uh, like, it, it's, it was so swollen that, you know, oh. I, I went to, I still taught for some reason. I went to class and my students were like, what, what's going on? And I'm like, just write about a spider today. Oh. First prompt. And they're just like, wow. <laughs> like it was so close to your mouth that it was in, impacting it was your speech. Very, yeah, it was very um, swollen. So oh. I kind of like, I had like a jawline that was like very boxy on one side oh, hard to explain yeah i took a picture because i was like this is interesting actually. yeah <laughs> but yeah so the poem is called this morning i had the spider treatment so i'll read it i'll read it with the, the little quote <laughs> inspired by the spider that fucking bit my face <laughs> this morning i had the spider treatment A man dressed like Ghostbusters came to my apartment and hushed all their legs with a barely silent snake hiss of a spray. I think about the spider I caught in my teacup the day before, its legs curled like the hopeless crane claw of every hopeless Jersey arcade, barely brushing each plush Hello Kitty I wanted so goddamn badly. How when I tossed the spider out my window, its hairy body shook from the cold leaves on the even colder ground 
clinging to the alligator hide of a black gum tree and looked back at its warm home, back at me, its evictor, and thought, what kind of vengeance are you worth? Valid, valid, I say, but I want to tell you about the men who have evicted me from their lives, how cold the floor when my clothes are swept up and out, how my hair still tangles in their carpets, full of loose change I would most definitely use exactly. Or how my father thinks of me only when he passes a park full of empty swing sets. Vengeance. Maybe I deserve it. But you did bite my face in the middle of the night, against my knowledge, against my dreamy crane claw breath, a wreath for your holiday home. And admit it, you did crawl a bit along my mouth, tendered your legs and leftover lipstick. How are you any different from any man? I know my lips are full. What kind of vengeance are you worth for a kiss I did not ask for? Yay. Yay. Thanks. I just am amazed that that, I mean, I'm sure this isn't exactly the first first draft, but that that mm-hmm. came out of just like being so mad about a spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't kill spiders. You flick them out the window. I took it in a, uh, like a jar, but there were a few more. There was a, well, I took it out via a jar, but then like I told my, my landlords and they came, like a person came and in sprayed. this like crazy, like, yeah, suit mm-hmm. and just sprayed. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's kind of sad yeah. and weird and yeah, yeah. especially after you've written this poem about the spider that you right. feel yeah. almost kindred to yeah actually when I wrote this first draft I mean um, some of the details in here were a little different but the move it makes towards men mm-hmm. um, was in its original form I it was almost kind of like I, I was surprised yeah you know when you have that yeah. volta that happens immediately like I was shocked by it so that was odd yeah also mm-hmm. I was like oh crap how did I get there yeah it's um, like something you were that connection you were making without even realizing, without even realizing it realizing until it, it happened yeah exactly so I just love how Michelle again broke the rules and responded immediately and just said valid valid it was just yeah. a lot of hearts uh, <laughs> I just like love that kind of yeah <laughs> like knock knock kind of like yeah 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 like, valid valid <laughs> That, and that callback to the line yes. of the poem too. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did this ever become any other anything else? It did become a, a poem that was like published in this uh, little journal called Big Big Wednesday. And I remember actually had a little difficulty sending this poem out mm. because also, and I was just talking about this um, in the panel with my friend Diana Coywin earlier. We were on a panel called Gratitude as Grit, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, this wonderful person in the audience named Nicole um, asked a question about what does it mean to uh, feel the pressure of sharing your trauma or mm. kind of like trauma poems and that where does gratitude, where does joy, where does anything that does nothing in terms of like uh, content, um, you know, are you allowed to write about whatever you want to? Yeah. Or do you have to write about something that you're like known for? And mm. it's always frustrating. And so, like, when I was sending this poem out, it's just a poem about the spider. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you know, like, a heartbreak or yeah. bad, bad men. But had nothing to do with my book project, had nothing to do with the other things I write about. And so yeah. it was a hard one to actually send out. Like, I, yeah. I kept getting rejected over and over again. And I was like, why isn't anyone like my spider? <laughs> like, I got paranoid about it. Oh. So... Yeah. I was like, what? Why can't I write about a spider that bit my face? Uh, and I yeah. think that's why I really love this poem still, because there's something about the fact how immediate it was, and like it yeah. sent me somewhere else, but 
I had to give myself permission to even write this poem as something that was, you know, um, not necessarily in my mind or what I had meant to write. Sure. So that you can like you can like step aside from your like main right. push or thrust right. of work. Yeah, but it still felt like you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely me. And I really wanted to put Hello Kitty in the poem. <laughs> that was added later. I was I was trying to. I had just taught. I. I'm definitely inspired by my teaching and my students. And yeah, I just had taught um, some of actually Chen's work in oh, my yeah. class. And we love, love Chen. that book. Yeah. Chen, please come on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we love Chen so much. I was teaching Winter, and in that poem, he talks about poop. Yeah. And so um, when he Skyped into one of my classes once, he said something about, like, you know, how hard it is to write a poem with, or like, being told that you can't write a poem with poop in it or something of that sort to paraphrase yeah. and so I had asked my students to write down a list of things they would never like words they would never put in a poem mm-hmm. like kittens or cuddling or poop <laughs> yeah or like yeah. anything things that are quote unquote off limits yeah, yeah or just like you mm-hmm. wouldn't expect in your own personal poetry right. because you have a voice you have a style and Hello Kitty was on my list and I you know it's funny because like I like Hello Kitty and <laughs> you know I like Sanrio and yeah um, Tama, etc. But then I was like, why haven't I had Hello Kitty in a poem then? Yeah. It didn't seem like it fit my like style, but I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. making that Kitty. list like automatically makes you think like each one of these things is now a new challenge. Yeah. Like, totally. How can yeah. I fit this totally. in? <laughs> so uh, that was a really great kind of prompt that kind of went came into this poem and um, as a result of my students and Chen too and Poop. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Poop, what do ha- Shout Poop out and Hello Kitty have in common? Yeah, right. <laughs> See, I do. Yeah. I mean, I do really love that the image of the cra- like the the spider being like a crane claw. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. great image. Well, you freaking can't. Those are such a trick. Like you yeah. try to get that toy with that crane claw and you never get it. You never get, get it. it. You never get My it. My parents would never let me play it because they were like, "It's a scam." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I, I want the. And then that's the moment that someone wins right <laughs> yeah. next, right next to you. Like, <laughs> Rude. Rude. Yeah. Mom and dad. Or like the ones that you that you like could win are not the ones that you want. No, it's yeah. always they the, always yeah. bury those. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, for the sake of time, do you want to read? Well, I don't know. I love this that... poem that you linked. Oh yeah. Yeah. But maybe is there it's like a, bit long. a section or two yeah. that we could read? Yeah, I can read a couple of it. Okay. Um, of sections. And we can always it. link to it so people can read the oh, whole I piece. Appreciate yeah, that. I just I like that you added, <laughs> added that line that you remember writing from a poem. Yeah, from um, when you were really young. Yeah, this is like a. Uh, yeah, I don't have my high school poem drafts, but. Um, I remember writing a villanelle when I was a teenager for my dad, who um, is not my life, but um, he was a gambler. And, uh, you know, I remember distinctly the poem was kind of about, it was not very good, it was shitty. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> of but adorably shitty. Um, about how, when I was a kid, I was never allowed to go into the basement because that's where he gambled with his friends. Oh, okay. Playing mahjong. Yeah. And, you know, smoking cigarettes, drinking, all that. So, Sometimes I would sneak down there and get in a lot of trouble. Um, or if they were like on a break somewhere, going, they were just like hanging out like yeah. in another corner of the basement. I would go there and I would knock all the, like I would mess up the mahjong <laughs> tiles or oh, I would yeah. try to build like a little like, like, like you know, mountain or yeah. tower. And I'd get so much trouble. And so I wrote this like, like very emo, very angry villanelle for like that mahjong like 
gambling group and my dad and so you know the repeating line was like I had to be dramatic and I think it was something like yeah the mahjong tiles fall the daughter grows smaller like just like <laughs> I love it. it over and yeah. over um just kind of very dramatic and so I have been writing about some poems I write mostly about my mom so I don't usually have dad poems or poems about my father but mm. It's funny that I wrote that poem when I was in high school, so it was like, you know, 20-odd years ago. And now when I was I was working on this um, kind of sloppy sonnet crown, yeah. um, it's called the, the lopsided crown, um, <laughs> and um, I couldn't help but go back to that kind of child self, mm-hmm. and I call myself the daughter. It's interesting, like the daughter, yeah. or like the father, just like having these like titles versus just me. Um, yeah, and kind so of getting, like, more removed from it. Totally. And so uh, I don't. I think there is a weird connection emotionally from that Villanelle to what came out 20 years later in this kind of sort of fairy tale-esque. And also it uses a form. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't usually write in form. Mm-hmm. And so back then when I wrote that Villanelle and now having this kind of sloppy uh, sonnet crown, I was like, that's surprising. So yeah. I wish I had the, like, shitty poem and maybe it's, somewhere hidden oh that's okay if you ever find it you'll have yeah, to yeah find know, it come right? back <laughs> um but this is inspired maybe by that kind of child self i'll just read a um maybe maybe just a couple of because it's what five sections or yeah i think i'll just maybe read hmm I know, it's an interesting... Because you wrote five sections on purpose, so now we're asking you to, like... <laughs> now tell us which is your favorite. <laughs> I know. It's true, and because it's a sonnet crown, the last line kind of... Builds. Sort of yeah. builds. And so um, maybe I'll just read two or three. How do, what do you think? Yeah. Well, okay. it, yeah, whichever you would prefer. Okay, let's do it. Um, it's uh, called Dream of the Lopsided Crown. One. I have this dream where I am the daughter of the machinist. My father balancing pipes that lead to other pipes dropping a marble ball. Precision as love without remainders, without the toothy excess of spiral bound notebooks. I cut love clean. Instead, I am the daughter of the gambler. Who is winning this staring contest? I ask my father. I dare you to blink. Slumped slug, he spills all the chips on the table and says nothing, always nothing. Chirp, chirp goes the robin robber of dreams. All around me, Atlantic City butters itself with dinner rolls, roiling ocean bilge. No one looks me in the eye. Here is the daughter, spun in boardwalk cotton candy, puke perfect. Here is the father, saying, I am your father. Village after village, fishmongers walk away from their fish, drawn to city stupor. Dream of the dung beetle, I soothe, of its celestial turns, simple machinations in muck. Two. With each celestial turn, each match, I am mucked, soothe not, no tooth under no pillow. I gnaw on a spare rib to teeth myself, delicious. Dream of the baby owl twisting its bright eye onto you. When I was born, I did not cry or blink, a telescope doll, spittle spun and talcum tossed. My mother told me she's the only beauty left in this world. I knock my gavel in aggrievement, hear, hear, song of justice just enough. Today, the planets gnaw on their nails and smoke, exhausted. I wipe CO2 from my memory in a circular motion, waving hello. In a photograph, my mother cradles me in New York, an eye shaking a fist in front of a statue of a white general who did not go to jail for murder. 
Across the street, casino buses of lost dreams arrive in Chinatown with red cigarette streamers. Here, the ghosts cry so loudly, you can see their breath in alleyways, winter wailing down to rats. Three. Rats seethe in alleyway walls, winter there cannot fall down sooner. My brother, born in the blue flame of February, is my mirror kin. Together, we kick everything in sight to see better. Ant Hill, MSG bin, box of cutlery clanging in a xylophone, avant-garde. We raise seashells to our ears and hear nothing but garbage trucks lifting all that we waste but want. Crush crap the dinosaur of garbage gobbles. Together, the restaurant babies refill napkin and sauce containers like regurgitating bird food. We sing of duck sauce and chili and straws pulled down from levers, levitating in tubular innovation. Customers furnish their mouths with lacquered loins of pork procession. Dream of the country that shall not be named. Coins and clouds held over our heads like carrots. Thanks. So again, that's only um, three of the five sections. So we will for sure link the full... um, full poem in the show notes so be sure to check that out um I am curious to hear more about um how you revise poems because you kind of said you talk a lot of, or you write a lot about your mom yes. and family so how how do you revise when like real people are involved <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question <laughs> or how maybe to ask um, an easier question what how is Do you have a typical revision process, or does it kind of vary per poem? Because I imagine something like a crown of sonnets, even a broken crown of sonnets, is... I've tried it and have have given up because it's so fucking hard. (laughs) It is so so hard. I mean, I think that for me, in this particular poem, I was following my ear a lot, and so Mm. my revision here was really based on sound Mm -hmm. and, like, taking out words that didn't follow what I wanted in terms of my ear or or moments where I wanted cacophony and for that harmony to to break. Um, I actually, going back, when I first wrote this draft, I didn't have the titles of like, you know, um, Daughter of the Gambler or like, you know, Dream of the Baby Out, like having things capitalized. (laughs) And so that was really cool to come back to it and kind of, like you were a kid, like a lot of things had these like titles to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, kind of like queen of blank or something of that sort and so I wanted to add that in there too um oh yeah it was a struggle to write the sonnet crown I feel like I love the fact that I gave myself that room to kind of break it too and kind of be messy about it and so in revision I was constantly also changing the line the last line so they could help fit into the next section Mm -hmm. so definitely that was a big part of revision um to your first question I think that um I'm a little lucky in many ways because I have immigrant parents that they don't actually know or worry about yeah whether or not I got things right Mm. um or you know again my father's not in my life so he doesn't really know about any of this yeah um, which is kind of I feel a bit more free in this way yeah um my mom does sometimes read my work or finds it or just kind of like knows generally that you know I'm a writer and she's very proud of that um but she's funny she thinks of poetry is truth or a lot of people have this kind of high standard for what poetry is supposed to do right. well, we all know we make shit up oh yeah <laughs> but yeah she thinks that whenever she reads a poem about herself she's like oh yeah you know me so well that's so true that all happened i was like i don't 
No, no. it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I made that up. And so I And love maybe you're that. pulling from truth. Exactly. But, like, but yeah. it's not exactly. And so especially when I write persona poems in her voice, I actually did just make some stuff yeah. up um, completely. And so it's it's very odd to um, have that you know, pressure to to represent them in the way that I feel is respectful and also, you know, um, honoring, but also, like, there's also a lack of pressure to get it right, which I really love, too. So in my revision, I'm just trying to figure out, like, like what's know, best for the poem. What's best for the mm-hmm. poem, and, you know, I always, when I revise, I do it in chunks. So I tell this to my students, too. It's like I'll spend some time on sound, or then I'll just look mm-hmm. at line breaks. I won't do it all at once because I get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so I can give myself a task, like, you know, for a few minutes. Like, let's just look at what the form looks like. Um, is it supposed to be a sonic crown? You know, um, when I first started writing this poem, it was just lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wrote this in class with actually my students on a prompt I can't even remember what prompt I gave them. I think it had to do with place. So, as, okay. you know, Atlantic City kind of begins the poem sorts. Um, but then I, it had nothing to do with a sonnet. I don't right. know why. Yeah. It just felt like I needed some balance in terms of some structure. Sure. Um, so, yeah. I, I often do that because, like, during the school year, I teach so much. And, you know, I love um, teaching that... I have no time really to write for mm, myself, right. but I, if I give them a prompt, I have better do, do it. it yeah. Yes, and they know it, and I, I share it with them too because we're all practicing poets, and so um, yeah. it's really beautiful. By the end of a whole three quarters, all year, I have these little snippets, random snippets mm-hmm. that I wrote because of my prompts, and then I have to deal with them. I have to yeah. figure out what they will look like poem-wise. Mm-hmm. So that's also my process. It's like a lot of like fragments, a lot of like tapas like, well, like <laughs> I love that snacks, tapas. snacks. Yeah. and then you pull them together to create a meal yeah exactly. that's great <laughs> right. well and I love that too that like and then your students see you doing the work that you're asking them to do totally. I think that that's a really lovely idea too that you're not just like it's really nice to share your tapas with others that's right <laughs> yeah, exactly that's the point. tapas are better tapas with are for friends sharing. exactly <laughs> yeah. or like yeah like yum cha or dim sum it's just yeah. like these little bits and pieces of deliciousness and it's like the the tea is like the conversation you know what mm-hmm. what arises afterwards but yeah. yeah it's been it's been really special i mean on one hand i am like frustrated by the fact that i can't sure. write during the school year as, as much as i would want to but these little glimmers of the seven minutes I give them it turns into these things and you know the spider poem I think was when I literally I did get bit in the face and then I went to go teach and I had everyone was like what happened to you I was like let's all write about (laughs) spiders and that's where it literally began yeah in that classroom so yeah and then I think that's a good I mean I'm glad you shared that with us too that you just struggle with writing during teaching because I know a lot of people struggle with writing uh, myself included outside of my nine-to-five job exactly um, and giving yourself permission to just like find the little moments or little reasons to write um, and not being hard on yourself for not writing every day or you know waking up extra early to type for an hour or you know like these unrealistic expectations. It's really yeah. unrealistic, especially like word count. I always get paranoid about like when people talk about word counts. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Oh. it really works for some people. I think to have like goals, and I get sure. that. But I'm just that's I just that disappoint myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then <laughs> and then you're like, well, I'm just gonna fail anyway, so why even do it? Which is me being a negative person, but yeah, you. Well, <laughs> I know, <shocking. laughs> cynical. Um, what was I gonna say that? 
Well, well, that there can be seasons, like you said, yes. like you go through this the the three quarter three quarters. Yeah, we are three quarters. System. Okay, so you go through these quarters of where you're just writing, you're mm-hmm. just generating, and then you like can not worry about what it needs to become until later when you have that's the true. space. To there breathe. will be time so for really it. You nice. can trust that there will be time. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that for they're... you to look over. And then right it. now you're just like collecting. It's almost like. <laughs> uh, talking metaphors again but like it's almost like you're collecting scraps of fabric to like make a quilt or something yeah and like you're that. not worried about starting the quilt yet you're mm-hmm. just getting the fabric mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I love, love that. that we're like how do we need to make this into a metaphor <laughs> I know right? I was also really hoping low-key that this episode would devolve into food metaphors because <laughs> oh, yeah. I know there's a lot of food in your work yeah. it just happens yeah food's a big part of food and animals and I know I'm teaching family. a food writing class right now so oh, that's I mean, awesome. cool. it's all it's all integrated in mm-hmm. some way or another but yeah, I love that. Yeah, idea that's how we knew you were our people. Yeah, food. <laughs> <laughs> you have really, you have we love food. We love food. I have and a lot of deep sundress. feelings about food. Yeah. yeah. So and and I, I get so mad too when there's just like not enough. Like I'm like, how could you do this to me? You know? <laughs> yeah. This is the a personal, personal attack. Yes. <laughs> I know. Well, and like you said, because it is. I mean, so many and in so many cultures too. I think like food is a gathering place. Yes. And it's a place to share and a place to like experience. Mm-hmm. We did a dim sum brunch mm-hmm. not too long ago, and it was just so nice because we're yeah. like each like, oh, I want that, and oh, do you want to share this with me? And it just becomes so much more of like a communal experience, and I yeah. I just love those meals. I like, <sighs> yeah, I love those meals. I think mm-hmm. probably also because working nine to five, I just get my lunch break, and I don't have mm-hmm. really coworkers, so I just like take my lunch by myself, and that feels like right. such an incorrect. Yes. thing you know uh-huh. and uh-huh. like in my job I need it because I'm I'm talking to people all day long it's like my me time but then I like really forget how like lovely and rejuvenating it is to have big group like meals or even just sharing a meal with one other person mm-hmm. it's really lovely it is I just also taught um Sarah Gambito's uh loves you and uh Sarah came to Skype via the interwebs uh, from New York and told my students that poetry is a type of like alchemy or even thinking about Mm. kind of creating the ingredients for a dish and how writing is messy too and like kind of creating that joy of the Mm -hmm. mess of creating a dish and the love that you put into it when you share it with a bunch of people yeah she was saying like her ideal like poetry reading would just be like making a meal and you know maybe you read maybe you don't maybe (laughs) someone else reads a piece or it feels much more kind of integrated and I don't know about you both, but I also feel like sometimes you're writing without actually literally writing anything down. So it's like you hold it in your head. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I count that as writing too. You're thinking through something. Or yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Maybe maybe the poem does reside within you and then like one day you get the opportunity for it to kind of like yeah. come out. But um, yeah, I think it was Jamaica Kincaid who mm. spoke about kind of like write, like taking a long walk. Like writing was like a long walk, just like thinking through like a long sentence or just like that you can write while you just are walking without even touching mm-hmm. the page it's, I think that's cool yeah it's really cool it's, it's and it's funny that you say that because we just talked about that mm-hmm. on our last recording that I was talking about like your body being like the little hamster in the wheel that like turns on the light of your brain uh-huh. it was a very good it was a very uh exhausting metaphor but like mm-hmm. th- there's something about like f- physical physical there's some, like physicality to writing yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, there is there is mm-hmm. there is yeah and a lot which, of times like motion or like a tedious task will free up your yeah. brain totally. to 
get to work on other yeah. things. Yeah, dishes. Or... For me, it's like doing the dishes <laughs> or like taking a shower mm-hmm. that I get oh, yeah. some really good ideas. You know, but it's that. always like a little fleeting thing. And then I'm like, gotta finish cleaning myself so I can go like write it down <laughs> so it doesn't like fly away. Right. You know, yeah. but yeah. I always think really well while listening to other people read too mm-hmm. like yes. a poetry reading oh, totally. I'm, I'm always like having a thought but then suddenly I'm having the thought with like a rhythm to yes. it and I'm like oh I gotta write that down because I'm yeah. gonna write a whole poem about that yeah. and then usually I get home and I'm like why did I want to write a poem about that I'll figure yeah. it out later yeah <laughs> but it sounds like that to kind of bring the conversation full circle that you do write those down and then those become what you put into a document to totally. like start to generate yeah, yeah or exactly. send to copy paste Yes, yeah, so yeah. send to copy paste and gather it all together. I like that because you I mean the the blank page it can be so terrifying yeah. too that like if you just throw a bunch of random thoughts together, something will come up. I yeah. don't know what it will be, but I like that idea too. And that's like the best compliment. If you're going to a poetry reading and someone makes you want to write, like mm-hmm. that is like yeah. that is the highest compliment. That's like so exciting to know that you know, someone did that to you and that it's like starting to like feel something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always follow that gut. Yeah. That gut feeling. And it's hard too, cause you're like paying attention, but you're also like my head spinning somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I've always tried to bring like a notebook yes, or like yes, something. Totally. Cause if I get on my phone, then I feel like so disrespectful during yeah. the reading, but I like, I promise I'm listening writing and I'm notes. just writing down yes. notes. And so I've like written on the back of receipts and stuff that I found <laughs> yeah, in my purse, like funny. just to like avoid being disrespectful. That, yeah. I love that. And then she sticks them all in one journal. So she just has a journal that's like full of like little scraps of paper. Uh-huh. I do. But yeah, yeah. it's cute. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So let's maybe wrap up. Yeah. What are you currently working on? Oh, yeah. I, um, you said you were writing more nonfiction? Yeah. So I'm working on two book projects right now. Um, I'm finishing up my creative nonfiction uh, essay collection, um, which has a lot to do with Atlantic City, my father's gambling addiction yeah. but also growing up in a restaurant it's kind of basically about being like uh you know a child of immigrants and trying to make do with what little you have mm-hmm. yeah so i hope it's funny i think a lot of the pieces are funny and i don't sometimes i feel like i don't get to be funny in poems <laughs> yeah so these are i think funny, funny. yeah <laughs> um and then i'm working on a third collection of um poetry that is speculative about my dream daughter and so i in these poems, I have like a yeah, like a 15, 16 year old daughter, and so it's kind of like my space for kind of like creating a future in which like everything feels safe and beautiful and flourishing. And so mm-hmm. I, I felt I feel very um, nurtured by those poems, which uh, a bunch I wrote during um, my sundress uh, residency. Yeah, I think you've yeah. read you've read them too. Cause I, I, I remember yeah, yeah, brand them. new. Yeah. I love that. So, I love that idea. I love yeah. that you're making a whole book. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And then my, my second book comes out next year from yeah, Alice James. Yeah, from Alice James. That's so exciting. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot uh, on the uh, on the on, on the, the burners. I yeah. Know, exactly. Well, that's so. awesome. Yeah. Um, where can people find you if you would uh, like to be found on the internet? I know. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So we we can always just like link to a website or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so terrible at updating my website, <laughs> but it reminds me that I should do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone literally is sitting on janewong.com, so I thought that was oh. funny and like hilarious. Like, who's that? But, <laughs> so my website is janewongwriter.com, which is, you know, um, I had to go back and forth because I always wanted it to be the janewong.com, but I thought it was too tongue. My friends were like, no, Jane, don't do that. <laughs> the so, Jane Wong. I know. Jane Jane Wong. Just really Wong. stick it to the other Jane I Wong. I know, right? Yeah. It should be the, yeah, the real pre- Jane Wong. Oh, yeah, like people's <laughs> Twitter <laughs> handles or something yeah. like. 
Yeah, so it's just <laughs> jamewongwriter.com, but um, I'm on Instagram, and it has nothing to do with my name. It's just at Parade of Cats. <laughs> I love it. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's just a delightful just, thought. Yeah, just a delightful I want, thought. I want a Parade of Cats. <laughs> yeah, Parade of Cats. I want that in my life. Okay, awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for oh making gosh, the time to so talk to us. This was great. Talking with me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, and it's nice to see you both. It's so yeah. good to see you. Yeah, and thank you again. We know AWP is a time. It is a time. So it was great to have this moment to kind of sit and chat about lovely things. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. Great. <laughs> you can find us at SFD Podcast on most social medias. Yeah. And Shady First Drafts podcast on Facebook. We just launched a Facebook page like a couple months ago, really. Yeah, but long, so. so if you get your majority of your updates there, you can now get our updates there. Yeah. Um, also Instagram, Twitter, and sfdpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, complaints. <laughs> um, uh, if, <laughs> snack requests. No complaints. Yeah, snack requests. Yes. Food um, recipes. What yeah. should we be eating? Um, also... If you have a moment and you're on iTunes or Google mm. or Spotify, please rate us or leave please. a leave a little comment. We're we love a little comment. We love a little comment. And we're still new, yeah. so we're still, um, those ratings still mean a lot and can help us out in terms of spreading the word uh, about our podcast. Yeah. Yay. 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 Thank you both so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye from San Antonio. Oh, you are waving so nice. Goodbye, microphone. <laughs> <laughs>